technical difficulty here making connection with everybody but I believe we're on the air now live <laughs> this is Keys of the Kingdom we're going to be with you for the next two hours on libertyradiolive.com and uh, we're going to be talking about the kingdom we had a little bit of a warm up show and uh, on the blog talk radio which most of you knew about and uh, there were quite a few listeners that I could see uh, more than the other weeks and I don't know really what that's due to you get, send us an email and uh, tell us why you were listening And but I, I think that if we all work together and start building uh, a constituency of listeners we might actually find a few hearers of the word and on, in those hearers of the word we're going to find a few doers of the word and this is part of a parable that Christ said to give you a picture of the kingdom about the seed sower. He's out there sowing seeds. Now, I've done that, broadcasting seeds over huge fields by hand because <laughs> I didn't have the equipment to seed in. So I'm out there walking across this 40-acre field with sacks of grain at each end <laughs> and uh, hand-sowing the seeds. And you you watch them, and you you learn there's a certain pattern and rhythm to it, or else you'll be out there for a couple of weeks uh, sowing that seed by hand. And you watch those seeds as they bounce into the furrows, and then they, you'll come back and drag them and cover them up and hope that the birds don't eat them and that the weeds aren't too plentiful and that... Uh, you know, that they fall into a good place where they don't get too deep and they don't get too shallow and uh, that they begin to grow. And it's amazing. You know, we we seeded in a field. I didn't do this all by hand of alfalfa. And alfalfa seeds are very tiny, tiny little seeds. And when they would be in the cedar, you'd fill up, up the cedar. We rented a cedar. We'd drive across the field and you'd, you can't even see the seeds falling. And there's a, a roller there that is poking little holes in the ground. And the consistency of the ground would change over this 40 acres. Some of it had more clay and some of it was more powdery and some of it was sandier. And so you weren't sure, was that seed getting in right? Was it getting in deep enough? You know, and you, you've got $1,000 worth of seed or more that you're putting in. You're hoping this is sure going to work because you're just pouring this seed out into the ground and you, you're hoping that it's getting at the right depth and alfalfa is very sensitive to the depth of the seed because it is such a small seed and you're also seeding in a little grain sometimes with that in this case we already had grain seeded into the field and then we start watering it up and hoping that it comes up and you've done all this work of motivating. You've got thousands and thousands of dollars into putting in this field, and you're hoping that it comes up. You're 
and then finally you start seeing a little bit of the alfalfa popping up. And it takes a good part of the year, and you really don't get a crop the first part. Uh, we seed it in the hottest time of the year just about, which is not normally what you would do, but we only had certain opportunities to do things, and so we did it. But then this last year, the alfalfa came up very thick, and we put up, uh, I don't remember how much it was, about 175 tons of alfalfa, so the seed did come up. In places, it didn't come up very well, and there were lots of weeds. And we found out what part of the problem was is some of the irrigation wasn't getting enough water, and you had to go and work on that. Uh, the equipment that we got to water the field with was really poor. And so we had to do lots and lots of maintenance on it. And you just keep working at all these different things and looking and trying different things and hoping the seed comes up. And now now that seed has come up pretty good. Still have a few spots where there's lots of weeds uh, that we didn't. Um, they're not lots and lots of weeds, but there's weeds we didn't want. And we know that it was just the balance of water. The soil's a little different down there, and so we have to water it different. So we have to change the way in which we water that, and that requires more work. That's a lot like the kingdom. It's a lot like the parable of Christ, where he's talking about he's throwing out these seeds. Some people hear, in other words, the seed finds a place in them. And they say, oh, well, yeah, that's great. I like that. And they start growing the seed starts growing in them but then they get caught up in the world and they get uh, weeds gather around or birds come and pluck the seeds because they didn't get buried enough didn't get deep enough and I've had this where guys come and they say I know what you said was true but as soon as I got back home I couldn't remember anything you said and so, you know a whole year goes by and you just kept thinking that there was something that was really important there I mean you could get bits and pieces of it, but basically he could not remember. He came back and he had to stay here. His car actually broke down when he was here, so he was here longer than he intended to be. And he was getting it all again. And he was saying, this is this is so good. But then he went away. <laughs> and he forgot again. It, it's, he's not letting the seed get in deep enough into his heart so that it can grow on its own. And this is a problem that I had, a mistake that I made, that when I would tell people stuff, I would keep doing everything for them, you know, and keep showing them, oh, yeah, and then this, and now oh, then this. That's not kingdom. Kingdom is you're connected. You're connected yourself. And the power that grows in you is growing from that virtuous source of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. That's the way the kingdom works. But it doesn't work that way at all, uh, always. And this is why we're talking back to those seeds again. You throw out those seeds, but the soil is a little different here. Some places that seed gets down a little lower. Some places the soil will dry out quicker. But your, your watering system is one watering system for the entire field. And it wants to lay down all that water uniformly. But sometimes the mechanics of that is not quite working. Each area of the field has a sprinkler that goes over it. We have what we call wheel lines. We live in the desert, and this water all comes up from an artesian well. We don't get any rain. You know, we're lucky if we get seven inches of rain in a year. And sometimes most of that moisture will fall in the middle of winter, which is not when the crops are growing. That's why it's a desert. But we 
have artesian water coming up out of the ground, thousands of gallons a minute coming up out of the ground from these wells. Like in the before the flood, the water comes up from underneath, which is great, you know, because we're not getting the rainfall of Fukushima. <laughs> so, so this is a much cleaner area to grow crops in. But anyway, this uh, putting that water on the field is really a critical part. Watering it, and each sprinkler must give a certain amount of water. Well, near the pump. The sprinklers give lots of water because the pressure is real high. But the guys who originally designed this system, one of the lines is very long. So at the end, uh, we've got callers coming in on another line. And uh, somebody's answering it. And so... <laughs> um, I'm going to watch my email here to make sure everybody can hear me and that we're coming across okay. Uh, so if you have any questions or anything, you can send them to my email. There's also a chat room if you're on libertyradiolive.com, and we have somebody watching that chat room. And we have a call number. And, of course, as usual, I forgot what it is, so I'm going to ask, ask my co-host, if he's not far away, to come in anytime. <laughs> And give us that number. Yeah, the chat room says they can hear you, and uh, the number is 414-395-2442. That's 414-395-2442. Okay, until somebody has the courage to call in. <laughs> there is a question in the chat room already. If okay, you... sure. Go ahead. It says, Brother Gregory, in an effort to deal in honest weights and measures, I'm tentatively planning to cash in my 403B and exchange at least part of it, part of the ferns for gold and or silver. Any suggestions on what companies might be best used for this transaction? Uh, I think you know, I like dealing with somebody local. That's <laughs> true. Uh, of course, we don't have anybody really local here. Uh, uh, but there are, you know, you really just have to shop around in your own area and find out what you can, uh, uh, you know, it, what's the Holy Spirit telling you about this particular guy. Years ago when we actually had a little bit of money, <laughs> we bought a little gold and silver when we had a little windfall now and then. It wasn't very much, but it added up, and it actually help us buy the church property because uh, all the money that would come in from uh, the animals which we have always treated as if they belonged to the church uh, we turn around and we use that money uh, to eventually buy property out here which is which is now the his church retreat grounds in Summer Lake which we invite everybody out to for the fall festival and eventually we will hopefully have all the other festivals here as well uh, on a regular basis. We want other people in other parts of the country to put on festivals too, but this next year, uh, this is going to be hopefully a pretty big one. We're going to put a lot of effort into trying to get as many people. So if you want to come to that one, especially if you have some talent, some skills, some musical abilities, whatever it is, start getting a hold of us now and start becoming a part of that. And uh, we're going to see if we can't have a very big festival with lots and lots of people. 
and start building the kingdom. But as to purchasing locally, I found a guy that I trusted, and I dealt with him. And uh, and uh, when he finally moved away, there was somebody else that I found. And I, I looked around, and that's really what you have to do, and ask them what their buy-sell price is, and et cetera. I don't know what a 403 is. I suppose it's something like a 401K or something like that. And, you know, those are individual calls. Uh, and so really... Uh, uh, but I like dealing with somebody local. There's a few places you could deal with by mail uh, that are pretty good. But uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, this is These are things that people need to work out in local congregations. And this is what the network is about. There could be all kinds of people that are doing similar things and have dealt with different dealers. And they found out this dealer is not as good or that dealer is better. And there's a wealth of information on the network. But the network is not a bunch of emails. It's people connected to people. And they'll call each other right now on phone. And some of them can actually, you know, go across the street if they're fortunate enough to live next to each other. But we need to build that network of people that have the experience with local dealers and uh and we actually have some people on the network now that are actually in that business and know the ins and outs of that business in great detail. They're in Australia, so that's not going to help you much locally. But they want to teach people in the network how to do this, how to become uh, scrap dealers, and actually how uh, part of the people in the network, including the church, can melt us down to bullion and redistribute it to people. And they could do it at a much cheaper price than most guys and, and deliver that benefit back to the people in the network. But it takes, I can't do all that. Uh, we have to get people in the network. This is what we were talking about on the show before, is you are the staff. You are the government. You are the bureaucrats of the kingdom, and you need to form that network of congregations of record. Texas needs to get their congregations of record. They were they were supposedly just days and weeks away from it, but uh, I don't think they've gotten everything together yet. With this is part of that nurturing of the seed, is that the seed finds, which I'll go back to that topic, the seed finds, it's in the ground at the right depth, and the water comes over, but it's in soil that dries out a little quick, or it's in soil that there is not good drainage. That's another problem we have in one one little spot of the field, is that the soil doesn't drain well, and if the water stands, it will also kill out the alfalfa. <laughs> so, so we actually go out when we get near there, and we stick golf keys in the sprinkler heads so that they don't put as much water in that spot. <laughs> And in uh, other places where the sprinklers weren't putting down enough water, we went and we changed the nozzle to give them more water. And this is what the contact ministers and the ministers of record have to do, is to, is to regulate how much water they have uh, and how much water they don't have. Because you can drown the plant by giving them too much. And I'll give you an example is that uh, people began to read these the materials and listen to the audios, and they are just all excited about what they're hearing. And they run out and they try to tell everybody everything right off. 
and before you know it, their friends all see them coming and start edging for the door right away. <laughs> oh no, here comes that radical dude guy <laughs> with all his crazy notions I've never heard before, you know, in my church. And we, you're giving them too much, too soon, and you're drowning them, and you're actually pushing them away from the kingdom because you're pushing the kingdom. That's not. You have to be gentle with the plants. You, you know, you can't can't uproot all the weeds in the field without affecting the plants, without injuring the plants. I walk through these fields every day there during the summer, and I'll see weeds coming up, and I'll pull them up by hand occasionally. But I'm dealing with alfalfa, which is a deeply rooted crop. I mean, the roots will go down 10 feet. And so, you know, that's something that we're constantly uh, uh, dealing with. But over 40 acres, I mean, how much difference does that got to make? Well, it does make a difference because every weed you pull up, that's 10,000 seeds that aren't going to go into your field. So it does make a difference, and we go out there and we we do do some hand weeding from time to time, and it's the same way in your congregations. But the way in your congregations that you weed out those people that are actually causing problems and dissension is you go and you give them a little extra truth. <laughs> but you do it with the Holy Spirit. I believe, actually, that when you're bringing the Holy Spirit into a situation, that you're not alone. There is an actual spiritual presence there on the other side of the veil that will cause the evil working in other people, whispering in other people's ears, sometimes in their hearts, actually sometimes living in them, will tremble at the presence of that Spirit. They're not trembling at the presence of you. They're trembling at the presence of that Holy Spirit. And if you bring that Holy Spirit into the equation, into the condition, into the situation, it will have a profound effect. And so why do we create this network with people electing PCMs? PCMs have actually volunteered to do something. That's an amazing concept, to volunteer to do something. Some of them haven't quite figured out what they're supposed to be doing, but at least they're volunteering. And it's a learn-as-you-go thing. But they're doing it. They forward on messages. They, they talk to people. They start building that relationship. But it's just as important that the people within their congregations or, or their congregations-to-be start participating, too. Don't flee because you don't see everything perfect. That people join the network and thought, well, there's disagreement on these email groups. Well, of course there's disagreement on these email groups. There's going to be disagreement. All you got is people who've joined an email group. But again, like I was saying in the earlier program, iron sharpens iron. That's it. You can a knife cannot sharpen itself. You take two knives and you rub that steel against each other and it hones the blade. Because iron sharpens iron. And uh, so anyway, that's that's what we have to do is we have to come together and. And in order to learn to dance together in the kingdom, you're going to step on some people's toes. But to throw up your hands in disgust and go off or 
to get mad because somebody isn't doing something or saying something the way you want it said. You're a little dictator. That's the little dictator in you saying, they should do it the way I see it. Well, maybe they should. But who are you, Saul? Are you going to make them do it? What happened to the perfect law of liberty? A congregation is not a contractual relationship. It is a relationship. And that relationship will be born, live, and die, according to the Holy Spirit, if you're moving towards the kingdom and vice versa. As you move towards the kingdom, as you strive. That's a, it amazes me. Christ talked about seeking, striving. Those are doing words. Forgiving. So that ye may be forgiven. Well, when somebody steps on your toes, bless them. They have just given you the opportunity to forgive. Now you can be forgiven. If nobody ever stepped on your toes, you'd never have a chance to forgive. And like a, when I was on the earlier blog talk and trying to figure out what, how did all these buttons work, <laughs> uh, I had to make those mistakes in order to figure out how it works. And evidently there's a little yellow triangle that shows up when you want to ask a question. And I didn't know that until I asked Paul. Paul told me. So now I know that. I may forget by next week, but I I don't think so. I think I've I've made a memory. (laughs) I think I'll remember that next week. But this is how you learn is by making mistakes. You can't not sit in your little house, in in front of your little keyboard, never saying, never adventuring, never taking the chance of making a mistake. There used to be a cartoon, Odd Bodkins, in the newspaper in San Francisco, and I lived there half a century ago she was a half a century ago <laughs> time flies uh, and I would read that and one of them were a guy who was like four pictures you know and, and the guy sitting in front of the TV and sitting in front of the TV and, and the other one comes in that little hairy creatures and says why you didn't watch the TV all day long he says well I don't want to miss anything and that's the punchline well, you you want to check your email. It's an addiction. Because <laughs> you don't want to miss anything. But while doing that all the time, you're missing something. I had a guy who was saying, you know, the kingdom is not in his email. And of course it's not. You know, I, I'm out all the time dealing with people. I'm on phones. I'm answering letters. I'm doing all these things. And I'm writing books to try to preach the kingdom. It's not just about email. But the same individual who said that volunteered to be a PCM, and for six months he did absolutely nothing. Passed on no information to anybody on the group, sent us no information about anybody on the group. Did not contact anybody as far as we know. Didn't call any of the other contact ministers. Well, that's not doing what you say you're going to do, and that's essential you know, I, can you imagine the disarray when the Levites first come out of the walled-in camp of the Golden Calf? Can you imagine what that was like? I mean, half those guys probably weren't going to be any good at being contact ministers, Levites, 
That's what they were, contact ministers. Because they were the connecting point for everybody throughout the network. Ten families, pick a minister. It's on this pool of Levites. We weren't all Levites. It was just that most of them were Levites. And anybody could become a Levite from the tribe of Reuben or any of the other tribes. All they had to do is apprentice with another Levite family. And they were literally adopted and became a Levite. That was done all the time. But anyway, we're about to head to break. Uh, if you have questions, ask them in the chat room, uh, which you can find at LibertyRadioLive.com. Or uh, call in at the call in, which will give the right Pledge allegiance to the King of Kings and to his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. One holy nation and our heavenly Father, great mercy, justice for all. The Greatest Prophecy DVD Across the Border Productions. Embrace the little known but greatest prophecy given by the great high priest. The pre-incarnate Messiah reveals God's once secret plan for mankind. Believe it. Behold the end times in Daniel chapter 2 because the dream is certain and the interpretation thereof sure. It is the key to prophecy future. Comprehend the seven-year great tribulation deception. Be not deceived. Understand the great prophecy delusion because if it were possible they shall deceive the very elect. Be forewarned. America in prophecy exposed for all to see. The mark of the beast. No, it's not a biochip. A much better and more secure technology is already here and you are already using it. We will bonus you with a free copy of Richard Bennett's DVD, The Inquisition, when you send a support donation of $25 to First Amendment Radio. Visit the shopping page at our website or send $25 cash to First Amendment Radio, 139 East Tulare Avenue, Tulare, California, 93274. Make copies and give them away. Send $25 cash or $32.50 U.S. for International Priority Mail. That's First Amendment Radio, 139 East Tulare Avenue, Tulare, T-U-L-A-R-E, California, 93274. A wise man is forewarned and prepares for the time to come. The Greatest Prophecy DVD. If you read the history books, the most often asked questions of Southerners was this, why did you fight? And the most often given answer is, because you're here. In other words, the South did not invade the North, the North invaded the South. Was it the Civil War or... War of Federal Aggression. John Weaver sets the record straight in this DVD series on the Civil War from the Old Past Christian History Conference. Was there a war to set the slaves free, or was it a war to enslave us all? 
Get this DVD and judge for yourself. War of Federal Aggression. The truth seems strange only because we've been indoctrinated with a fiction. War of Federal Aggression. Get it today. Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3773. Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. We're talking about the kingdom of God, what it looks like, how you move towards it, because you're supposed to be seeking it. How do you recognize it when you find it? Do you find it all at one time? I mean, it's a whole kingdom. Uh, It's going to require you to explore that whole kingdom in order to find the whole kingdom. I always told a story about a guy who was going to L.A., and uh, he was driving there, and he came to this sign you know, entering L.A., and he was actually came in on a route that was still had him somewhat in the country. And so he stopped at the sign, and he looked around and uh, got his picture taken under the sign, but there were no buildings or anything. He was still out in the country. But uh, according to the sign, he had arrived at L.A., but he hadn't really got into the city itself. He didn't know any way around in the city because he was still out there at the outskirts at the sign. And that's what a lot of people do about seeking the kingdom. is They say, oh, well, I have accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, and so therefore now I'm in the kingdom. But Christ tells a different story, and that's what's uh, often very amazing, is that this different story that Christ uh, is telling us is uh, that uh, we're supposed to be seeking it, that we're supposed to strive, that we're supposed to be doers of the word, not hearers only. If you're not a doer, then, uh, you know, there's a problem. You're you're not uh, one of his children, one of his brother, because you're not a doer. Very important concept that you you have to be this doer of the word and not a hearer only. He said that, so it's not just about believing. It's more than about believing. It's about being this doer of the Word. So what does that look like, being that doer of the Word? Well, of course, it's gathering together. Like I said before, it's it's forming congregations where you actually go on record and say, yeah, this is the minister that I've picked. You're marking the boundaries of your government. This is the minister I've picked. No other man is my minister. Now, have you created an office of power like you do when you elect uh, a leader in the world? No, because he cannot exercise authority one over the other. If you need help, he cannot go to the rest of your congregation and say, Hey, this guy needs help. You've got to give me money. You don't have to give him money. You get to decide. Well, you get to ask questions. Well, why does he need help? What does he need help? What kind of help does he need? How much help is he going to need? Is this really going to help? 
if he does not ask questions, I don't think he loves the guy. He wants to just, oh, just give, because I say so. That's not kingdom. Because in the kingdom, you're operating under the perfect law of liberty, and you're letting everybody else make a choice. Like the fellow asked, uh, where, where's a good guy to deal with him? Yeah. Well, oh. well yeah. have a caller? Yes. Okay. Does he have a question? Yeah, I, I had to shut off the audio or I was going to get confused. Uh, oh, good. Hello? Go ahead. Yes? <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Anyway, um, you were talking about being doers of the word and such, and, and uh, um, I'm not sure what my role is. But anyway, I'm... I'm uh, I, I talked before. I have a little group of, of people who basically been doing this stuff, but if you mention these things to them, they'll they'll run to the hills. Um, right. Yeah. They they don't like the word church and. Uh... Yeah. And and uh, I I just came from a wedding yesterday, and uh, they went out and they they actually sought somebody who was, uh, uh, I guess, not Christian in order to officiate the wedding and, and stuff like that. And, and uh, I, I'm, I'm curious, if, if I'm their contact with HHC, uh, if I was to become a primary contact minister, but they're not part, they didn't, I don't even know how to word the, the question. <laughs> well, I think I know what you're saying, is that you're a contact minister you know, we only recognize people who have two people that have elected them to be their contact minister. Okay, those two people have elected them to be a contact minister, so we have two witnesses that say that, yeah, we want this guy. That doesn't mean that he's only in contact with those two people. He's in contact with all sorts of people. When we uh, cut firewood for a local widow here, we had, uh, I don't know, about five or six people from the church that were there, but we had another five or six, I don't know how many people are in the picture altogether, we need to get that up on that, um, that were also cutting wood that would not say that they're a part of his church or his holy church. They're not a part of our congregation, but yet we all went out and worked together. Yeah, and this is this is a common theme throughout the Bible. Uh, the Egyptians showered gifts on the the Israelites when they left because the Israelites had been their FEMA for them, their faith emergency ministry auxiliary when the government was letting them down. And people, even though they were not Israelites, they weren't going to go with the Israelites when they left Egypt. They showered them with gifts because they said, hey, these guys are doing it. We don't want to be a part of those guys. We want to stay in our comfortable homes and eat our leeks and onions. But those guys came through when nobody else did. And so that's the extended network. And then even you get on into Israel, when they have their feasts, they were to invite the strangers. And, uh, you know, that, that was a big part of it. So as long as they're not kicking you out, they're a part of the extended network. And, you know, maybe little bit by little bit, we'll, we'll, they'll overcome their resentment of the the false church people. I'm actually, uh, I'm actually thinking of suggesting to them that because we do gather on a regular basis, but it's kind of erratic. I mean, it's uh, 
one or two of us will meet at this time, and two or three others of us will meet at, at another place, and and uh, but we're always in contact with each other. Right. We all have these little projects that we're, we're constantly working on and doing. Right. And I'm thinking about suggesting to them that you know, just just like HHC has its uh, uh, Feast of the Tabernacles, I'm I'm thinking of suggesting to them that that we go on uh, camping trips on a regular basis where uh, several of us come together. Right. And, and these are these are what I call kingdom tracks. I I don't know exactly what is the, the common theme of your group. Uh, is it are they don't want to be a part of the government? Or is it that they they uh, just mostly, like uh, each other, or they want to be. Yeah, mostly we like each other. Uh, a lot of us are uh, interested in being self-sufficient. Um, you know, uh, the main guy that gathers us together. Uh, quite frankly, he's uh, he's got his thumb in a lot of different interests. You know, so we've got one guy who uh, started throwing motors on bicycles. We've got another guy who uh, works at a uh, at a power plant where I guess they're uh, 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 using the methane off of uh, uh, off of sewage in order to generate some of the power. Um, you know, it's, it's it's all different directions. They've, they've got me who's trying to do organic uh, farming and such and failing miserably at it, but, you know, learning a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, see, that's the thing is these are, you know, our seed savers where we're trying to save seeds. Uh, I've got buckets of seeds already that we've collected from our, uh, we found a variety of uh, meat squash, sweet meat squash that's a lot like pumpkin but keeps way longer, grows way faster, grows real big, <laughs> and is extremely nutritious. So we're saving the seeds and we're going to distribute them throughout the network. Uh, we have people, you know, we've been it's looking funny. into wind generation power. Monsanto's, it's, it's open source. <laughs> yeah, and we're we're looking at all these different uh, avenues ourselves. The only thing is, is that because I'm, my particular mission is to show that this is actually what early Christians were doing. This is actually what the early church was doing. That when you actually joined the congregation, you did not diminish your individual right to choose one bit. Uh, you could, you did not, yet it operated as a government and was in a critical part of the survival of those who survived the decline and fall of the Roman Empire, which I would suspect that some of your people, if they're talking about independence and all this kind of stuff, is seeing the decline and fall of the Roman Empire. We just bring this into historical context. I'm constantly, you've, you've just heard me how I've badmouthed modern Christianity for the last yeah. half hour uh, yeah. that they don't and, and preach. I know, but I can't even get them to listen to you because of the word church. I know, and but that's, so they, that's my, my a stumbling block, and married, as I said and they to you... Sought out, they sought out a... Uh, uh, I'm, I'm not even sure what she calls herself, but, uh, but basically uh, she's talking about pagans uh, uh -huh. and how how they they did what they called a a, uh, a hand binding, where they had a rope tied around their hands and a knot was tied in it, and because they oh this was uh, in uh, their marriage, yeah, yeah, in the marriage ceremony, yeah, that's a uh, that was a. Uh, 
And you know, it's all symbolic. I, I saw all the I saw all the proper elements in there. They brought their friends to be witnesses, and and such. The only thing I I have disagreement with is that they got a marriage contract in the end. You know, the yeah the, uh, from the state. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, so much for independence. I'm, 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 I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna kick their teeth in for that. No, no, no. Yeah. no. The people do that all the time, and the, and we're not beating people up because they do that. We're just showing them what that is, and that letting them figure it out on their own. Uh, the fact is, is it's really hard to get through life not making these contracts now but the reason why is because people aren't coming together and forming that society that operates on faith, hope and charity and the perfect law of liberty which was what the early Christians were really doing uh, you know that's why if everybody builds it together others will want to come but right now people are floundering around I think that if we can start to show you know, we've got some people on the network that are fiercely independent uh, and are yet are very giving individuals and uh, have developed and learned skills that other people are coming. You know, you talk about organic farming. There's some organic farmers in our midst that are having great success and have been I'm having success for years. My experience is uh, I get a hold of some books uh, uh I started out with Plowman's Folly, and, and then I got a hold of uh, uh, Seth Holzer's books. And uh, I got one book that's how to uh, how to tell your, uh, you know, basically to find out what your soil is by what's growing. Right. And in the process, I'm sitting there. It doesn't have any pictures of these books. It just gives a scientific name. So I'm looking up the plants, and in the process, I'm learning about all these different herbs and stuff, and I'm finding out. Well, most of the weeds in my field I can eat. So right. while I haven't been good at growing lettuce and cabbage, and actually I was pretty good at growing squash last year, but, uh, <laughs> you know, these other things, right? I'm not, I haven't been good at doing the raised beds that Seth Pulser uh, describes and stuff like that, but I'm finding that I can do wild harvest. <laughs> right. But that's the thing is that in everybody's area is different. I've gardened in a number of different states over my lifetime. And the fact is is that practices in one practices in one state won't work in another. Uh actually out here in the high deserts, practices on one piece of ground won't work on another piece of ground. And that's what I was kind of describing at the beginning of this. And this is the same way with congregations, to bring it back to that, is that, okay, these guys have a real stumbling part in their hearts against the word church. And I admitted to you last week, I think it was, or the week before, that I I had a real problem with the word church, too, until I finally forgave those people who had lied to me when I was studying in the church. <laughs> and then I don't need to. I can def- I'm redefining the word ecclesia back to what it originally was. I'm showing people what that early ecclesia was really doing, what early Israel was doing that was fiercely independent people that learned to walk together. And because they learned to walk together, they were able to face the decline and fall of the Roman Empire, the decline and fall of the Egyptian Empire, and they prospered as a people during extremely hard times. 
And that's what we're going to need to do because we're about to see the decline and fall of the New World Order. People always want to see the New World Order taken down. Well, great. What do you got in its place? It's chaos. If you suddenly, if you really set everybody free, okay, no more income tax, no more property tax, no more sales tax. You guys just work it out. (laughs) Can you imagine the chaos? You wouldn't be able to go anywhere near the city. From from way back, our earliest histories, we've had the New World Order. And it's just, oh yeah, it changes forms, but it's it's always there. Well, the New World Order uh, isn't new, and it isn't order. <laughs> yeah. It's it's as old as the hills. It's as old as Cain city state, uh, Rome. I mean, it was the Pax Romana was the New World Order of its day. The the interesting thing about the New World Order today is it is worldwide because of the communications and connections and the uh, our commerces are and our exchange and our livelihoods. I mean, people are eating vegetables from a dozen different countries when they sit down at their dinner table. Um, you know, yeah, they're eating off of plates that were made somewhere else. They're wearing clothes that were made halfway around the world. They can't make a pair of shoes without a million-dollar factory. Uh, there's never been a, a world order in our known history like the one we have today. But the bigger they are, the harder they fall. And we are on the edge of that precipice, and some people are waking up to this fiercely independent. But here, those guys have a chance to become a part of a network that could become, which will be very important to be connected to other people in other parts of the world and other parts of the country that are beginning to deal with the same problems and questions that they're dealing with and are willing to share that information. And maybe you're the only conduit, and maybe it will take some time. But like I said earlier, patience is a key element to a free government because people are going to step on each other's toes. They're going to come with their personal baggage, and we have to learn to deal with that. And, you know, you can overwater a plant just the same as you can underwater a plant. And so you you have to, you know, I'm sure that in the course of conversations, uh, also if you're connected with the rest of the network, they may come up with a question and you present it to the other PCMs, they may have an answer. And yeah, then really you bring it back question. to those guys and you tell them where you got the answer. And then they'll say, hey, you know, maybe we'll take another look at this. But you can't belong to us anyway. It's just about learning to walk together. And they're actually, they're a little bit of a bigot. (laughs) By their resentment, they're dragged into this. They're not free. They're still bound up in their resentment. We can't have anything to do with those guys because they use the word that's spelled (laughs) C-H-U-R-C-H. You know, and they've they've made that word a magic word, and it bars them from coming and walking with us and learning all the things that we're learning. It's like but if anyway. I say, it's like if I say I don't want to join this uh, organization because uh, there was one time this guy named Gregory he stole from me, so I can't deal with anyone named Gregory anymore. Oh, it wasn't me. It was another guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's clarify that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, that's 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 exactly the kind of stuff, you know. I mean, I've uh, I've known some guys over the years that uh, did did me dirt, and then when we were trying to pick names for our children, and somebody suggested that one name, and I said, "No, we can't name him that," because <laughs> mm-hmm. I hadn't forgiven the guy yet, and so we couldn't use that name because I need to go back <laughs> to listening to the uh, guilt by association. Well, Thanks thank for your call. Okay. Okay, well, uh, I, I, those guys, it's funny, they sound like they're headed in the same direction many of the people in our network is headed in. And, you know, the, the, they can also point out the fact that almost every church hates me. <laughs> so, so maybe I have something to offer. <laughs> and, but more than me, all the other people on our network that are starting to figure this out and all those that have not yet joined us can be a great asset to them and are anxious to be an asset because they like helping people. We have some really great people that love, would just love to share all the information that they've spent a lifetime learning. And, uh, and that, that's got to be a value to somebody. But uh, we're, we're probably actually considered pagan by most Christian churches today. <laughs> The mere fact that we're talking about having these feasts of get-togethers in order to create these bonds on a national basis instead of just on a local congregational basis, you got to remember about 350 days out of the year, you're supposed to be building relationships in your local congregation. And those relations aren't built just because all of a sudden you need help, but because you've been there to help others that whole time. And I try to stay out of local congregations as much as I can. I want those ministers to learn how to share information to develop those relationships on a local basis uh, with local gatherings and uh, you know occasionally I throw out little tidbits that kind of poke them a little bit uh, but just to wake them up enough to let them go about their daily business of building their own local congregations what I do mostly because I'm out on the radio and I, I write for news reviews and hopefully we'll get other more national uh, venues that I can talk about this uh, and I will point people back to the network and those people who can actually join the network become a connection point for anybody else who's their friend and anybody else who wants to walk with them are connected to the network because they're connected to the network. And that connection has to become more than email because the Internet's going down. When hard times really come here, there won't be an Internet. There may not even be phone connection, which is why we have these big uh, feasts, is so that you can, you know, I want everybody exchanging information at the feast and developing contacts and writing each other. Don't keep writing me. Because I can't remember your names anyway, and I can't get to your letters. Uh, start connecting with each other. And uh, hopefully we're going to start setting up examples at the feast of showing people what they can do. And we we invite people that are doing it already to come and set up their little booth, their little tent, and put on, you know, we'll we'll list you as someone who's going to show you what they've done. Bring bring a photo album of all the things that you've done bring a video of all the things that you've done if you have that technology uh, if you've written books or whatever 
bring those. Uh, we don't care if you want to sell them, you go ahead and sell them. If people want to buy them, let them buy them. Uh, if you bring in concepts that we disagree with, we'll let you know. And just as we're inviting people to call into the show and tell us if they find disagreement with us. But anyway, see, not the, the fellow, are you still on, caller? No, he's gone. Oh, he's gone? Okay, I forgot what his name was. He told us the name last week. His name week. is David Ray. Okay. And what part of the country is he in? Missouri. Missouri. Okay, that's right. Missouri. And so, you know, now he's, he's connected on the network. Uh, I think Jarvis is down in Missouri. You probably know some of the other people in the Missouri area. Yeah, I actually met David at the... Uh Oh, okay. Yeah, they had a tabernacles back there uh, this year. And so these guys need to be connecting with each other in that area, but then don't become isolated. So we'll be back after this break for another hour of You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Now listen to me. The Bible says, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar. Government Takeover of the Church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is the apostate church, the whore that rides the beast. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth will make them free. They will watch the DVD. Government Takeover of the Church. Who will tell them if not you? Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3773. Now listen to me. Fight the fight. We are here to equip you because you love the truth. LibertyRadioLive.com. back to Keys of the Kingdom, and we're talking about Keys of the Kingdom, and Keys to the Kingdom, which of course is Christ, but what was Christ really doing, almost nobody knows, uh, because the men who should be preaching the Kingdom of God is at hand, don't even know what it is. And so anyway, we got some 
questions in the chat room, and we'll try to address those. If you have more questions, uh, you don't want to call in, then uh, try the chat room. Put your questions there, and then they'll be relayed on to me. So what's what's going on in the chat room, Paul? We've got a question that says, Brother Gregory, are contributions to any of the HH, HHC congregations, including Summer Lake, tax deductible? And that kind of fired up a number of responses on what is tax deductible, so you might want to address all that. Well, uh, congregations of record that are established and, uh, you know, that at first they're established by two or more witnesses, because that's what the Bible says, Old and New Testament, establish everything with two or more witnesses. So if you become a congregation of record and we recognize that congregation and you uh, follow the basic little guidelines of that congregation, which are really simple little guidelines, uh, and we continue to recognize you, technically according to 828 of the IRS codes, your automatic those contributions are automatically considered tax deductible. Now the church is not here as a income tax avoidance scam. You have to be a real congregation, and not only for us to recognize you, we have to actually see what you're doing. We have to actually believe that what you're doing is a church, and we set little guidelines as to what we're looking for. The IRS also has 14 guidelines, but according to the testimony of other people, we already meet all of those 14 guidelines, but we just meet them by coincidence because we happen to be meeting the guidelines set down by Christ because he gave some guidelines, and that's what we base our guidelines on is what Christ said. So according to the IRS, that if you're a church, any church, you don't have to file any 1023 or any of that stuff. You're mandatorily accepted from having to file. You're automatically considered tax exempt. And people say, some people say, oh, well, why do you need to be tax exempt? Why do you need to have tax deductible uh, donations? Uh, uh, isn't giving to Christ enough? Well, sure it is. But if it's a deductible donation, you have, you don't have to give as much to Caesar. And Caesar says that. So out of his own mouth, he says, my children don't owe me as much if they contribute to a church. Now, if you want a predetermination letter from the IRS, your church has to file a 1023. We advise against that. The IRS advises against that for churches. <laughs> At least they, they have a list of advantages and disadvantages of filing that 1023. And we cover all this in Body of Christ versus Body of the State which is the 15th chapter of the book Covenants of the Gods, which there are hours of audio on on the website at hisholychurch.org for free. There is articles there. The book is there for free. And your contact ministers can show you exactly where. You can find it on hisholychurch.org slash outline. It should take you to the outline page, and you can find all that. Uh, there's nothing wrong with being having a tax-deductible donation. It will decrease the amount of burden that you have to provide for the masters that you're under. Because the master that you're under, if you're part of the United States, I know you could be in Australia, 
I don't know exactly what the Australian law is, but I'll bet you it's very similar, that a church does not have to file a 1023 in order to have received tax-deductible donations. And so that church can be a free church, and you give to it, it's deductible. Now, if you don't want to deduct it, that's your choice. We're about giving you choices. We're not about taking choices away from you. But all churches are mandatorily accepted from having to file. And according to the IRS, that churches uh, are automatically considered tax deductible. And if we recognize you as a church, then you should fall under the coverture letters that we have that we already meet all 14 uh, criteria of the IRS for being a church. And the criteria of the IRS, even they say, you don't have to meet all 14. You have a period of time to meet these. Uh, some of these. It's just a preponderance of evidence. But we're not about getting you tax deductions. We're about following Christ. just so happens that if you do follow Christ, that your contribution should be considered tax deductible according to their rules. And if you're in that tax scheme of the United States, uh, but you, you know, as a matter of fact, if you're a minister following the directives of Christ, the nature and extent of the work that you do is not only not taxable; it is it is excluded from taxation, not exempt. I'm using the word excluded here, and the church. It properly organized is excluded from having to file any papers with the IRS. They're not strictly regulated because they have not filed a 1023. They cannot file a 1023. They cannot file an SS-16 in order to be recognized as a church by us. And we explain all this in the Free Church Report, which, again, is free on the net. <laughs> Although you can order copies from us, but... Uh, and we'd be glad to mail you out copies uh, but it's $25 for a copy and we make a little tiny bit of money on that but that money all goes out again in the expenses here to make all those downloadable PDFs free <laughs> I've got three books actually four books in my computer that are not finished yet that I should get out and I can't get out because I have to go work other places because people don't donate to us <laughs> because oh we're we don't we don't demand it I guess I don't know why <laughs> they don't <laughs> but if people would start all the people on the network would just start to contribute um, just on a local basis that we would have the funds and resources to do a huge more than we're doing now. Uh, but, you know, half of our day is spent trying to pay all the bills here, uh, maybe more than half. And, uh, we, like I said, we have no paid staff. Uh, everybody has to participate. And so we don't have any qualms about the people who don't participate and don't contribute, uh, who aren't building congregations and they suddenly need help, and we don't send them any help. And they say, oh, well, geez. That wasn't very charitable. We send out thousands of dollars in charity. And, and uh, if you counted all the labor that we do, tens of thousands of dollars. So, But the fact is, if you don't work, you don't eat. 
That's a principle. It goes all the way back to the Old Testament. And we're not setting up a welfare state where you can just whine and we help you. Uh, you we have to see you trying to help others. And this is why we, we if you're going to be a congregation of record, we have to see the record of your congregation. We have to see how you're operating. And so that's one of our paramount things is that you have to, you know, you have to, and this is what was talking about in the Old Testament of staking out the corners of your boundaries. It's just common sense. So anyway, I don't know if that's answered. Any more questions come up from that? Is there? I haven't. Uh, yeah, it says he says it as a very helpful response to my question. All right. Okay. Well, that's, that's good. There is another. <laughs> um, another question. Uh, when you, Brother Gregory, when you pray for something and it is not answered, do you assume that you are not a righteous person? Or do you accept the answer even if it is not what you prayed for? Well, I always assume that I'm not a righteous person because <laughs> none is good but God. And I'm always questioning whether or not there's a problem with me. Uh, but the reality is, is a prayer is a request. It's an application. It's a beseeching. God doesn't owe you anything. So the fact that he doesn't seem to answer your prayer doesn't mean that your prayer wasn't righteous or anything else. I mean, Christ prayed to God, said, May this, Lord, I wish this cup passed before me. God didn't answer his prayer. He still had to go drink the cup. Was that because God, Jesus was not righteous? Uh, John the Baptist got his head cut off. I, I'm sure he wasn't praying, Boy, I hope my head gets cut off. I think he was praying, I hope my head doesn't get cut off. I got cut off just the same. But that Christ said there was no man righteous born of woman more righteous than John the Baptist. Yet, there he was, thrown in prison. He had his head cut off. So, God answers all your prayers. <laughs> he just doesn't answer them the way you wanted them answered. Uh... And as as I already said, as far as uh, I am not a righteous man. I am a man who seeks righteousness. That's what Christ said, to seek righteousness. And uh, and I need lots of people around me who tell me and criticize me and say, hey, I don't think you should have done that. And some of them are actually probably right. And some of them probably are not <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I hope that answers his question. Um, you know, I could probably load up the chat room because I'm I'm not using the internet to. Uh, uh, but I, I, I'm terrible at reading and talking at the same time, so I'll, I'll depend on you. <laughs> <laughs> and the chat rooms have a de tendency to develop a life of their own. <laughs> Some of the things that, uh, I don't know, I sent out some emails. I had some that I was preparing. I'm actually writing something on that uh, uh, Nevada uh, fork, uh, farm to fork uh, event that uh, took place in Nevada where Mary Oaks uh, raided uh, from the health department, raided this picnic 
uh, and made them take all the food from their picnic and put it into garbage cans and pour bleach on it so that they couldn't use it. They couldn't even put the food in their compost heaps uh, to develop compost. Uh, they couldn't feed it to their pigs. They couldn't do anything with it. Uh, and they had a professional chef and a, a licensed kitchen and everything preparing the food. I was thinking, well, when we have these fall festivals, we're not going to have any of them. <laughs> so I guess if there's a Merry Oaks near us, they could raid us as well. <laughs> we actually might be able to get a portable kitchen in here, but because uh, uh, I know somebody who has one, but I don't know if it will be available at that time. But the fact is that that's not the way the feasts go. There's not a centralized kitchen. Uh, the feasts, everybody prepares food, and they, it gets together. It's like a gigantic potluck, uh, and people participate in that way. Exactly how we're going to conduct it, I'm not sure. But uh, one of the major problems with uh, I can tell you this, that when Mary Oaks, uh, who raided this uh, uh, farm-to-fork picnic, uh, that had hundreds of people there. When she came in and started issuing these edicts and commands, uh, and it's kind of, I didn't get to watch the whole video. I just looked at a little bit of it. I didn't have the bandwidth to download the whole thing. But uh, uh, all those people had to do, if all those people had courage and were doers of the word, she would have fled that scene almost immediately. They could have all gone in there and said, well, we're eating them. And you can't stop us from eating them because we want them. We want to eat these vegetables. We want to eat this meat. So you, you get away from our food. I don't know where you've been. <laughs> and they just chased her off. And, I mean, Amish do this every day. They they butcher their own animals. They grow their own vegetables. They have communes. Hooterites, they do it every day. And it's not in a licensed kitchen. <laughs> But people just have to come together. There's a tremendous power in coming together. I mean, look at uh, Lexington and Concord. Those people stood there and said, you're not going to take our guns. These people wouldn't even stand up for their carrots. <laughs> they let them take their carrots from them. <laughs> what is that? There's, uh, Mark in Texas was, uh, you know, upset at the fact that in uh you know, he made his comments on the Texas group. I won't go into all of them because I won't do them justice. But uh, the fact is is that uh, he quoted something out of the Old Testament was talking about they are led by women. And, of course, that's what our modern ministers are. They're all women. They're all seducers and tick ear ticklers, you know. And, they, you know, they might as well be women, you know. I mean, uh, in some churches, they're already wearing skirts. <laughs> so... <laughs> I was picking on my alma mater there. <laughs> the fact is is that we need people that aren't just interested in uh, organic farming and, and good health, but we're interested in righteousness. And it, that woman had no right to make them take their private property and put it into a garbage can and pour bleach on it. I don't know how they had set up their picnic if people were paid in admission, but this is a CSA. This is community-supported agriculture. They very well may have all been shareholders in the farm. 
And, you know, it's it's like having an allotment in England where you get these little pieces of ground and you can grow fruits and vegetables on the, the allotment. But now all of a sudden the government comes in and says, oh, you can't eat it, though. <laughs> and you got to put all the food that you grew and put it in a garbage can and pour bleach on it. Why? You know, she had no right to do that. And, again, I don't know the details of how they were organized, but this is what you need. You need to you need people that are active and, and have courage, and really that's a real short supply these days. So anyway, uh, yeah, I, I was putting together an email to send out on that, but I sent out something else last night. It was a local group here, uh, and maybe some of them are listening. Maybe they're even in the chat room because I sent them a notice of this program. Uh, uh, Oregon Congress. I can't remember the name of the email. So, uh, of the of the group, I won't mention names. But I've I've kind of been on and off that group for a long time. I don't know if even all the emails went through to the group because the guy moderates a little bit of that. But the reality is that there, Christ really gave us a solution to gather together in these free will voluntary communities that operate by faith, hope, and charity, that uh, you the only one who taxes you is you, you tax yourself. But the government still has expenses. The government still has duties. And the government is still has a bureaucracy. And that's what the Levites were. They were the bureaucracies of the kingdom of God. That's what the early church ministers were. They were the bureaucracy of the kingdom of God. But they were not hired from the top down. They were hired from the bottom up. And I'll read you a quote that, uh, let's see if I still got that open over here on this other computer, Um, that uh, uh, was uh, actually by uh, William O. Douglas, who was the longest... uh, serving justice on the Supreme Court and he's pretty much a rebel in in many ways. They just don't make him like him anymore. Not that I I consider the man a saint or anything, but he did say something that I quote in my book, The Covenants of the Gods. We must realize that today's establishment is the new George III. Whether it will continue to adhere to his tactics, we do not know. If it does, the redress honored in Tradition is also revolution. The truth is that the vast bureaucracy now runs this country, irrespective of what party is in power. And that, of course, is what the lady in Nevada was, or she's part of that vast bureaucracy. And so I was putting together an article where I, I, I think it's maybe going to be entitled, uh, Vast Bureaucracy is No Picnic. So where did this vast bureaucracy come from? How how was it created? Was it created from the top down? Well, yes, uh, but it was also created from the bottom up because the top is the top because we stepped down. We stepped down to the bottom and said, you be the top, Saul. The voice of the people elected Saul. The voice of the people elected Cain. The voice of the people elected Nimrod. The voice of the people said, We will bow down and serve Pharaoh. If Pharaoh will give us our social security and feed us, 
when we are hungry. But that isn't the way to the kingdom. That's the way to bondage. That's a rejection of God. And that's where people have headed for a hundred years now and more. For millenniums, we have constantly been returning to that equation where we elect somebody else to rule over us. We have to start ruling over our own emotions, our own uh, arrogance, our own unrighteousness, and start seeking righteousness in all that we do, in our homes, in our communities, in our congregations. That's what we have to start doing, or we will have no picnic (laughs) under a vast bureaucracy that will come and poison our food. They are doing it now. You go on NPR, I heard a story just the other day where there was a coal plant which was actually heating coal in order to produce gases. I'm not sure exactly what it all was doing, but for years now, the community has been having a huge rise in cancer and leukemias and other problems, and finally it's come out that somebody working there has, has divulged the information that they have been leaking uh, uh not methane, but like butane, not butane either. I can't think of the, the particular chemical, but a lot of other chemicals as well. And a few environmentalists kind of got together and made their own equipment to test the air and found out that the levels were skyrocketing uh, of the, these chemicals, which are heavily carcinogenic, and uh, because they open up cellular membranes. Uh, Why well, I can't remember the particular chemical, I don't know, but... Uh, uh, anyway, the uh, they were actually releasing it and knew it was being released and didn't care anything about it. But it was passing all the government inspections because all the government inspections were uh, were according to appointment. You know, they weren't random. They just they they notified them in advance and they would actually change out certain valves so they they wouldn't be spewing off this uh, chemical. And uh, while they were there, but then after they were gone, they put the other valve back on so it would release this. It costs money to get rid of that chemical. It's used as a cleaning solvent, which it shouldn't be used at all. It's extremely dangerous for people. And uh, you find it sometimes in cereals and stuff like that because it's used in cleaning the equipment that a lot of these uh, mass productions of food the mass production of food is insane. Not only does it make you your your source of food absolutely vulnerable to complete collapse, but it is the danger of massive contamination. And so, therefore, they have to use these solvents that kill every kind of bacteria there is. It's very unnatural. You need to go back to home-based agriculture and and CSAs, Community Supported Agricultures, is a step in that direction. Growing gardens in your backyard, even if you live in the cities, is a step in that direction. Uh, we had that earlier caller who said that you know that, that he's learning, he's trying different things. We've lost that skill of how to grow our own food, produce our own food, store and preserve our own food. We need to get those skills back on a local basis. You need to have food grown on a local basis. But then you still need to be in contact on a national basis with everybody else. You don't want to isolate yourself. Certainly you don't want to isolate yourself because you don't like the word church. 
or you don't like the name Gregory, or you don't like <laughs> whatever it is that you don't like about it, you don't like my eschatology. You know, you have to start gathering together with other people who care about one another. Is there anything going on in the chat room, uh, Paul? Uh, yeah. Uh, there's a number of private conversations and uh, no no questions for us at the moment, unless okay. I uh, the, know if I did. Yeah, I've got, uh, uh, when I invited those, uh, I was wondering if any of those people in the chat room are from the local Oregon group that was uh, received my email. I hope we received it last night. I, I've, I see they've received something because I'm getting feedback on it. Somebody wrote me back just a few minutes ago and uh, because the program this a afternoon is called the Sabbath Hour and it's mentioned in the email uh, he wrote back and uh, and he says which, which Sabbath is that? Is that the Hebrew Sabbath or the Christian Sabbath? <laughs> <laughs> and of course there's a can of worms we could open up and if, if we're going to talk about the Hebrew Sabbath, which Hebrew Sabbath is that? <laughs> there's uh, at least three different calendars out there that put the Sabbath on a different day. <laughs> uh, there's a rotating Sabbath, a second Sabbath. There's, uh, uh, you know, it all depends on whose calendar you want to look at. And, of course, you could argue all these points till the cows come home. And we have an article up and recordings up on the Sabbath to try to tell people what the Sabbath really is all about. And, uh, of course, that, you know, that's so arrogant of me. I'm always saying that we've got the answer. <laughs> told. But uh, I'm sure everybody's got bits and pieces of the answer. But you think somebody is as bold and as uh, crass as myself who goes out there and says that we got the answer and these other guys are all screwed up and they're lost and they're confused and they aren't preaching the gospel of the kingdom and they aren't following Christ and they're actually workers of iniquity, that we'd be just having the phone ring off the wall. <laughs> uh, but instead, uh, they're not challenging me on this. So I guess I'm right, huh? It looks like there are a couple of uh, people from Northern California in the chat room. Maybe they are in the similar uh, group that you're talking to. There's a yeah. question, and, and I may sound like a psychic because of the delay, but the question says, um, Brother Gregory, who truly is my neighbor? Is everyone my neighbor? And I know we've got like three minutes to a break, so I'll let you do with that what you want. Okay. The, uh, you know, you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. Also, if you go on and, and read farther, both in uh, Old and New Testament, there's reference to loving your enemy. So it really doesn't matter because uh, your your neighbor, the guy living next door, he might be your enemy, but you're still supposed to love him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there is no escape. You just have to love your neighbor. That's it, period. But uh, in your congregations, that may be a little bit different, but the reality is that when you congregate together, I'll lay you odds 100 to 1, or I'll give you better odds than that even, that you're going to have members in your congregation that are actually your enemy. You don't know it. They don't even know it, maybe. But uh, uh, if, you know, yes, he says, love thy neighbor as thyself. And, you know, you can go back into the Hebrew or the Greek word and, and you'll find little derivations and, and what that may mean. But the reality is you're supposed to love your enemy. You're supposed to give drink to your enemy. You're, 
you're supposed to have the sacrifice of the red heifer, which is people outside of the camp that you're giving uh, charity to, which is a foreign aid. That's what the red heifer is all about, which is in the book that I don't have finished yet. <laughs> but uh, so I'm not sure the pertinence of the question. Uh, because it's not going to exclude you from loving him whether you count him as your enemy or your neighbor. The the truth is, once you understand what love is, love is not touchy-feely. Love is rebuking. Uh, love is telling somebody the truth when they need to hear it. It's ironing, sharpening iron. And your neighbor is that other iron who's willing to do the same with you. And your enemy, he don't want to be sharpened. But don't mean you don't smack him anyway. <laughs> you smack him with the truth. You smack him with the rebuke if that's needed. Maybe he'll work with you. Anyway, we'll be back. Keys of the kingdom. Right after these words. Fight the fight. We are here to equip you. Because you love the truth, LibertyRadioLive.com. The program you are listening to is 100% sponsored by you, the listener, on this First Amendment Rights Media channel. You will notice that there are few commercials on this radio network. There's a good reason for that. Corporate advertising dollars come with strings that limit program content. So without your help, these programs cannot continue on Internet or our several affiliates. If you benefit by the educational law programs, we ask you to give. If you are admonished or nurtured by the Bible and ministry programs, we ask you to give. If some voice a cause that you are passionate about, we ask you to give. If you believe in any of these, we ask you to support them as you would a missionary on a continual basis, as if giving a tithe for Missionary Radio. These programs are not commercially viable and must be supported by those faithful to the cause of truth. Look for the button to sponsor your favorite programs at our Listen and Schedule pages on the Internet. Then, when you subscribe, we will send you the last quarterly MP3 CD of that program immediately and continue to do so with each new quarter. We will also give you unlimited archive access to all of our programs. We're asking you to give much less than a tithe so that you may also send support directly to a particular program host, cause, and anywhere else the Spirit may lead you. Do all to the glory of our God and Creator, for His holy nation, the only kingdom that will last forever. Thank you for listening. Now listen to me. The Bible says, Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar's. 
government takeover of the church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is the apostate church, the whore that rides the beast. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth will make them free. They will watch the DVD, Government Takeover of the Church. Who will tell them if not you? Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3773. Now listen to me. Welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. We're talking about a lot of things, uh, and I'm actually was answering emails <laughs> during the break, uh, and answering the guy's question about is that the Hebrew Sabbath or the Christian Sabbath? So I'm sending him uh, all of our links, which you can find on slash outline page, just and then push. CTRLF and down and you're uh, either in the left hand corner right hand upper corner you'll see a little box open up and look for the word Sabbath and you'll see several hours of radio talk shows uh, articles and everything just on the Sabbath and you can spend the rest of your day just listening to that <laughs> all that made available for free by the church so anyway um, uh sending that off right now and that's going off to him and he's on the Oregon group and that's one of the reasons why I went and looked at that email is to see if I could remember what is the name of that group and then I forgot to read it uh, but uh, it's OregonGov.us and it's by Charles is one of the guys he's on the General Congress at Constitutional gov.us but anyway there there's a huge uh, number of people that think that the government that is out there today is all lawless and uh, it's usurping your rights and all these kinds of things and there is a certain element of that uh, lawlessness in any giant bureaucracy uh, I'm sure that that lady in Nevada was breaking lots of rules uh, and uh, you know I've seen commentaries on on some of those rules that she was breaking and certainly rules of etiquette rules of righteousness she was breaking uh, the mere fact that she's a part of that vast bureaucracy is already uh, the result of rejecting God and uh, so therefore she's going to have all kinds of goofy ideas and do goofy things but when you reject God and you go the ways of Cain uh, Cain is not usurping any authority. You've given him that authority. And you've given him that authority because you did not accept the responsibility that is co-relative to rights. You asked him to give you free public school education, to guarantee your social welfare, and what should have been for your welfare has become a snare, which is a direct quote from the New Testament, who was simply quoting the Old Testament uh, when he said it is that what should have been for your welfare has become a snare. And this is how Nimrod, how Pharaoh, 
how Cain got the people subject to him. The kings of Sodom and Gomorrah did the same thing. And that's why you're now subject. The slothful should be under tribute. Slothful and what? Accepting your responsibilities. So the positive message here is that you can repent and turn around. But that means you have to gather together because you cannot become free just by wanting to be free yourself. You have to want to free others. You have to man the lifeboats together. You have to build the lifeboats together. And that's what each congregation is, is a lifeboat. But, you know, those lifeboats need to stick together. And they often tie lifeboats together when a ship goes down until they get to shore, to the rock, to Christ, to real faith. Don't just walk the plank individually. Get in the lifeboat. There's a lot of people out there, oh, get out of the system. That's walk the plank mentality. No, get into another system, another lifeboat, another way. And that is the way that Christ was saying. And that way will lead you to shore. Because you can't swim that whole distance. Most of you can't. Somebody might make it, but I don't I don't recommend it. Certainly not women and children are going to make it. Maybe a few of you strong swimmers might make it. But they don't count on it because the waters are full of sharks. <laughs> they will eat you up. So anyway, uh, and then then everybody comes whining to us and saying, oh, what do I do that they're taking my home and they're taking this and they're taking that and everything? Well, did you seek the liberty of others or did you just seek your own liberty? And, you know, I'm not going to fault people in the past. We We all come into this blind to some degree. And yet, but this is where God puts us because... And a lot of times, going back to answer the other person's question about prayer, you know, God does grant us our prayers, but our prayer isn't always granted in the way that we would have liked. But maybe it's what we needed. Maybe our sincerity brought us to a position of humility and showed us our vulnerability because that brings us to more humility and, and humility is what brings authority and power when you accept that humility and I mean, you know it's not because God wants to be mean all of his punishments are our rewards we just call the ones we don't like punishments and the ones we do like rewards and the ones that are very uncomfortable are usually called punishments but God is sending us those in order to help wake us up, to bring us to this humble place of a willing heart to realize the truth and begin to do something about it with the, the meager means that he offers at our disposal. And when he wants to increase those means, he will. So we don't have to force anybody to do it. We may chide people because... The reason people have to start giving isn't because I need help. You know, God knows I need help. If he wants to give me more funds, he'll give me more funds. But the reason you need to give is because you need to learn to give so that ye may be given more abundance. You give up your life that ye may have life more abundance. If you don't give, 
neither will he give to you. If you don't forgive, neither will he forgive you. You cannot be in a free society unless you set other people free. As long as you are demanding that other people contribute to your welfare, you will not be free. Period. You should not be free. Period. As long as you will not become a worker, a doer, why should anybody do for you? He who does not work should not eat. He who does not serve others should not be served. He who sits around for months and months and doesn't do anything to build a congregation should not have a congregation to help him out when he needs help. He who does not share information with others who could use their needs or would value that information should not have information shared with him. We create our own judgment by our sloth, by our avarice, by our own lack of humility, our own unwillingness to serve. Can you sing the song of Moses? Moses was free. He was out there married to Suppavora. Uh, did I get the name right? Uh, yeah, and uh, having his kids. But God said, go back. Save my people. And he gave up the comfort. Well, he gave up the comfort originally in Egypt and went out and became this free man because he didn't want to be a tyrant. That's actually why he left. Another long story. But then God sent him back to help set the other people free. I'm doing okay out here. If I didn't mess with the, this kingdom preaching, writing book stuff, I'd be doing a lot better. <laughs> I'd have a lot more time on my hands instead of spending three and a half hours today on the radio and another couple hours answering emails and getting rid of spam and fixing the wiki site at preparingyou.com. There's a great place to share information about organic farming, health, what have you. You can become an editor of that website. Any one of you can become an editor. Very easy to do. Very easy to become. And we're we're going to close that so you can't just go there and become an editor pretty soon. So everybody who wants to become an editor, get on there, find out. We have guys who will help teach you how to do that. Get on the network and uh, start sharing that information. And what will happen is you will come into contact with other people that are willing to share information, and it will make your learning go much quicker. I mean, we've learned how to spin wool, weave, make felt, uh, make leather, from the ground up, we can make you beer, wine from the ground up. We can make you oils and medicines from the ground up. We've learned all this. This only took me 60 years. <laughs> you got 60 years? Or I could teach you in, in a fraction of the time. And that's one of the things that we want to do on the feast and uh, both at Pentecost, which I don't know if we'll have that this year because I don't know if we'll be ready. Uh, we may have it locally, but uh, we're shooting for the fall festival last week of September, uh, first week of October, uh, to have a fall festival here, and we want you to come. We want, if you have talent, if you have something to share, if you want to set up a blacksmith shop, if you want to uh, do some spinning or weaving or any of that stuff and show people how to do it, uh, let us know. And we'll try to get you together with other people who want to share that same kind of information. We'll make you a team. And uh, you want to come all the way across the country, we'll see if we can't get you a bus ride. 
We'll see if we can't charter a bus if that's what's necessary. Uh, we may be able to get you group rates on a train ticket. Uh, and uh, you can, if you want to help build the, the, the facilities, you can come out early. we got some people coming out in January. I mean, there's a ton of work to do. Yeah, we're a little short of funds. And if you want to help us with that, sure, go ahead. But let's see if we can't learn to walk independently together. See if we can't make this happen by working together. And there's there's so many, almost any kind of skill could be used. This idea of working together, we see it in communities, this uh, dancing and community dance where people are all in a big circle and that's all real fun. But can we do an actual work project with the same type of harmony? Ah, there's a challenge. And there's a skill society has lost. They can't even come to each other's age. There's total chaos. The new world order is about chaos. It's not new, and it's not orderly. It's about chaos, because evil thrives in chaos. I mean, just look at your IRS rules. Nobody knows what they are. Nobody, you can call up the IRS, and they can't give you the same answer twice. I don't want to pick on the poor IRS, but you can find that throughout the system. We've dealt with the post office recently in the local community here. They don't even know their own rules. They don't even know their own laws. They don't know their own regulations. It's total chaos. But that's what that breeds. If you don't accept your responsibilities, that's what you will have. And the whole world is about, the, this new world order system is about taking away your responsibilities. But unfortunately, when they take away your responsibility and do it for you, they also take away your rights. And it's not usurpation. It's sloth on your part. So you, you want your rights back, you got to take your responsibilities back, and, you, and this is this means you have to become the government of the people, for the people, and by the people. Not governing your neighbor, but governing yourself in such a way that, okay, I'm not going to wait for you guys to do it. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to gather with other people that are doers. And I'm going to swallow my pride and my arrogance and I'm going to actually apologize for not doing it before and I'm going to start doing it now. And I'm going to stick to it. Religiously. <laughs> we may use that word whenever people use it. Do it religiously. It means just to do it automatically, repeating like a habit. That's, a, that's another meaning of the word religion. Religion is taking care of one another through faith, hope, and charity. That's pure religion not using the governments of the world. And you may that, you know, the, the people in the, the Oregon Congress or whatever that is, General Congress, uh, if they would just start doing it, they'd have all kinds of time. If they want to spend all their time arguing about what they ought to do, well, they'll waste a lot of time arguing about what they ought to do. Just do it. And what to do is gather together and start being the government to each other. Don't try to change the world. Governments will not change till men change. You can't do anything about all those other men. The only one you can do anything about is you. And it's easier to do it if you do it with others who want to change too. 
So we give you a focus of what Christ came to serve, came to give up his life so that others may have life more abundant. If you see that as a goal in your life, let's start gathering together with each other, and you will have life more abundant. You will have liberty more abundant. And the Mary Oaks, or whatever her name was, of the world will flee before you because behind you will be the power of God. So anyway, there's my rant for today. And we've got about 15, a little less than 15 minutes left of the program. Uh, anything going on in the chat room, Paul? No, they're enraptured in what you're saying. Actually, we... <laughs> Come on, guys. There was a response from the, the gentleman or lady that asked the question about uh, who's my neighbor, and the response was, agreed, you are a wise and blessed man. Thank you. <laughs> no, I'm a... I'm a crazy sheep farmer out in the <laughs> desert. That's what I am. So basically, your uh, is, uh... I got an email in here that came in from Richard. He's looking for somebody in the Toledo area, and he's asking on the PCM group. That, and so hopefully somebody will respond, and maybe they already have, because uh, he wants somebody to look at a seed cleaner. We've been looking for a small portable seed cleaner that will clean all kinds of seeds. And so that we could do that as an operation here where we would be able to clean seeds, make sure all the weed seeds are out. And uh, that's a, you know, right now we're doing all our seed cleaning by hand. Uh, and uh, so he's, he wants somebody to look at one that's evidently for sale, probably on Craigslist or something. Uh, Use little, so if anybody's little in the Toledo area, huh? Use real little scrub brushes to clean those seeds, or no? <laughs> seed cleaners—they uh, have different size screens in them, so that you can, because different seeds are different sizes. So you want to let certain seeds through and certain seeds not through, and it blows air. And it's very small and very portable. Uh, well, not, I don't know how small this particular one is, but some of them are pretty small. But he's been shopping for one for quite some time. Uh, and these are the kinds of projects that uh, you know we're looking at. Uh, as well as making our own equipment. There's a lot of things. I mean, we could go into it forever. Uh, but that's what a network is for because everybody brings their own little skills. We're in different areas. We can do little errands for each other. And then what that that starts leading to more and more important things. This is, this is why 30% of the Americans who stood against the tyranny, because there was an usurpation at the time, of the American Revolution, but it wasn't because the people revolted, it was because the king was revolting and breaking his own rules. you got to remember, these people had been for over 150 years, had been struggling to have and own land in their own name, to be an actual free people with having a 10-year title and land, and they could not be taxed in the way that they were trying to impose the Stamp Act tax which actually is is virtually law in America. Not only that, but tea is taxed in America as well. <laughs> Your labor is taxed in America. You're back in the bondage of Egypt. But there was a surpation, and those handful, uh, those minority of people stood against it, and the reason they could do that is that they had been looking to one another for aid during famine, during blizzards, during Indian attacks, during disease, whatever. They had been Minutemen for each other. But today we have Wait a Minute Men. 
And, of course, the same thing was happening at the time of Christ because social welfare had become extensive under Herod and uh, had been around since the Hasmoneans. And this idea of compelled offerings had weakened society. And so this this concept that Christ was bringing, where you actually take care of one another, was was a revolution. And that's the revolution that, when I mentioned the revolution in, in William O. Douglas's quote, this is the revolution I'm talking about, is this revolution of Christ to go back to what we should have been doing all along. Did you have a comment? Well, we have a uh, caller. Okay. Is he on? Yep. Hey, Greg, it's Mark. How are you doing? Hey, Mark. Hey, uh, we've been kicking around an idea uh, down here in the Texas area, um, you know, maybe for the whole group in the, in the entire country, um, about, uh, you know, especially with Thanksgiving and Christmas, uh, you know, time coming up, uh, people will be traveling maybe more, uh, hopefully by car so they're not getting groped on the airplanes. But, uh, uh, we're thinking, you know, if it helps somebody get a person or product closer to its destination or their destination, uh, that it, it might be good if we could, uh, set up a, some kind of a, a page letting people know, you know, hey, on this date I'll be going from here to there. Something like that, you know. Right. We we could do that and, you know, the wiki site on the preparing you site is a great place to do that because you can have twenty editors that will tend to that site, that that one page. And so you can keep things updated and, and each of the PCMs should know how to do that. And we can we can set it up so that you can any of you can go in and, and just in in literally less than minutes, uh, you can edit a page uh, once you're an editor, and we can show you how to do that. And uh, then we can link to that page, and anybody can go to that page. Each each entry will be dated, saying you know I'm traveling from this point to that point, uh, what have you. I actually have a backhoe that somebody wants to loan us. It's up in uh, Tacoma, Washington. We're trying to figure out how to get it down here. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we had well, I've got a trencher with... in. <laughs> I've got a trencher in Pennsylvania, <laughs> <laughs> and Richard's looking at a cedar in Toledo. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the and the thing is that yeah, it won't work all the time. Uh, but if we work at it, it can build and build and build. And that once you start having a few successes then you can share that information and people will all of a sudden say, hey, my gosh, it worked. (laughs) They're always so astounded when it actually works. But uh, do do you have any knowledge of how the wiki pages work? No, I've got to say I'm uh, pretty much uh, uh, computer illiterate when it comes to that kind of thing. I'd like to learn, though. Yeah, it's it's really pretty simple. I can't tell you on the radio, but... uh, uh, I know you're on the PCM group. Uh, you're down in uh, uh, Fort Worth area and uh, uh, Waco. Uh, what, yeah, Waco. What's the actual uh-huh. time? Waco. You're the Waco from Waco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, the yeah, on that PCM group, uh, I was actually preparing an email. I may have even sent it out already. Uh, maybe still sitting here, uh, that I want to get more people involved in that wiki site because it, 
in a matter of minutes, you can start editing a page. It's really extremely simple. And then we can protect that page and uh, we make you what we call a PSYOPs or PSYOPs or something like that, system operator. And right. it's really very simple. And uh, it's pretty uh, idiot-proof, too, because if you make a mistake, we can roll it back, uh, the page back, because it keeps that all in memory. It's an amazing tool. It's, how the, it's exactly how Wikipedia and all those things were created by individuals getting involved and sharing information. But anyway, we'll we'll work on that a little bit. Uh, I'll start on that probably after the show, and we'll see if we can't get a page like that started up. Yeah, well, send me a link. Send me a link on you know on on the instructions on how to how to edit it. Yeah, yeah, yeah we can do that, and uh, and I can upgrade your editing capabilities right away so you can experiment, and you'll be shocked at how simple it is because it's just basically. Type in the information you want, a few little parameters. You don't have to know all kinds of fancy coding, and we can make it happen. All right. Anyway, great, great to hear from you, Mark. I love. Thank you. I, I, was, I was raised in Texas. What's that? I was raised in Texas, and I I always love the Texas accent. It's like going home again. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you're you're okay. not. All right. Good talk. Okay. God bless. So anyway, the you know the, this internet is an amazing thing is that we can communicate all across the country. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Mark Bernucci is listening in Australia, uh, and we're communicating all these people. But we've got to start forming that direction. I hear music. Is that the end of the show? Yep, we've made it to the end. We made it to the end. Okay, I did about three minutes. Anyway, join us on the other show that we're going to do at 3 o'clock this afternoon. And we'll have You have been listening to The so Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake. Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.